0: Check, check. Is this thing on? Welcome back, my friends. If you are listening to this, you have tuned in to the Do Big Things podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm here with Beth. Hi, friends. This is going to be another Leadville episode. As most of you know, the Leadville 100 took place about three weeks ago. It's my favorite race. I've been lucky enough to cross the finish line twice. I love almost everything about that race. Even if I'm not running it, I love being there and just being a part of it all. Last week, I had the winner of the race on the show, Adrian McDonald. This week is my man Hannes, who earned a seventh place finish. Next week is going to be someone who was at the back of the pack, and she's a very experienced ultra runner, but not everything went her way that day, and she's kind of saving herself for a, a bigger project than just the Leadville 100 so stay tuned for that as most of you know uh, the Leadville 100 is a hundred mile running race that starts in Leadville Colorado at 10,000 feet and it goes 50 miles out and 50 miles back from town Uh, it's rough it's rugged it's gnarly and uh, this year we had the opportunity to go out and pace a few people Beth what were your thoughts on the race
1: I had a fantastic time out at Leadville. I will admit I've heard about it for years and I've been to a lot of ultra races. I've been to hundreds, but I had never gone to the Leadville 100. And the energy, the excitement, the people, the crowd and how everybody gets so into it. It was very inspiring. Um, It made me want to go home and sign up for a race. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, we've been talking about races haven't
1: we <laughs> we have ever since Leadville I'm like okay what do I want to do it was just I cried I think several times just watching the people and their their happiness and what they went through
0: you cried at the finish line I cried were, at the finish when line watching people yeah, yeah, yeah seeing
1: people come in
0: I know it's emotional I love just sitting there and, and just watching yeah people people coming through and you know, people are going through all sorts of different emotions. Some are happy, some are exhausted, some are, you know, elated and, and crying tears of joy, you know. I mean, there's just so much emotion that goes on there. And uh it's a big race. I mean, I personally like smaller races for the most part. So do I. But in um, Leadville a big one. But like I said, it's still my favorite race. I, I love everything about it. It's like a big celebration of all the training that we've been doing.
1: Yeah, when we were at Twin Lakes and people were coming through and that was it. It thought to me what uh, the Tour de France would be like. Mm. It was just lined up with people in tents, and they had music, and people were just cheering for everybody. The energy was was amazing. I really enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: And one of the things I always like about Leadville is um, you never really know who is going to finish. You know? True. I mean we were pacing a handful of people. So we had some pretty close interactions with people before and during and after. And, you know, beforehand you kind of get this feeling like, Oh, this guy's going to be tough. This isn't going to be a problem for him or this girl's got it in the bag. Like she's done a ton of these before, but it doesn't always go that
1: way. Well, a lot can happen in a hundred miles. Totally.
0: Totally. Yeah. Some of the toughest guys, you know, finished the earliest, you know, and, uh, there's just some people that you wouldn't really expect to have a whole lot of, I don't know, internal toughness, strength, fortitude, and and they got it out. So yeah, just sitting at the finish line is, is always inspiring because you never know who's, who's going to finish. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a stud athlete and sometimes it's an, an older man or woman, and it's just amazing that they, uh, cross the finish line. So Yeah, exciting, exciting um, stuff
1: It was a good time
0: Um, My guest today, Hannes His mountain fitness is something I really Personally aspire to He's been on the show before He was on episode 40 And it was right after he completed Nolan's 14 Shortly after that He was battling injuries and not doing much Running at all It's been kind of fun watching him overcome These obstacles and come back To earn a 7th place finish at Leadville This year Pay attention to this guy. He's a special person, and I don't think this is the last we're going to hear of him. This show is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. Look us up for all your ultramarathon needs. Big-Things-Crewing.com With that, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for my man, Hannes. All right. Hannes. Thanks for coming back on the show, man. Um, the last time you were on the sound quality was freaking horrible. So I've got to, I've <laughs> got to redeem myself for that. And, uh, you just ran the Leadville 100 and I just saw a couple minutes ago, you got seventh place, man. So yeah. congrats. I wanted to have you back in the show. Lead Bill's my favorite race. I wanted to hear all about it, man.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. No, I, uh, I think anytime you finish a hundred, you're just really happy to make it to the finish line, and that's definitely the case for me but i I was super happy with the result, I think in the end as well for uh, sure yeah, yeah stoked to be on
0: now, how many hundreds have you done?
2: This was my fifth hundred okay. worth finish, so I have one very regrettable d n f but gotcha, yeah.
0: okay, cool. Um, and from what I read, and I think I might've just read this on your Instagram, like you had big ambitions for this race. Like you might've had some other numbers in your head that you didn't quite reach. So (laughs) can you tell us about these ambitious goals you had or what were your thoughts going into this thing?
2: Yeah, no, I think that's, they're super fair questions. I, I definitely had hoped to do it a little bit faster, um, I think I feel like that's, that's almost the case with most of us in, in hundreds of <laughs> like, like Really like, it's almost like college, right? You're like, you got the reach school that you apply to and you have like your places you think you'll probably get into and maybe like the safety school. And I kind of written out splits for, I called it hallelujah pace. It was like, oh, if everything's going awesome and the wheels are turning perfect and there's no real like problems, then maybe i could hit this i think i was probably a little over ambitious hoping to to squeeze under 18 hours was Mm. like this really ambitious goal i had um i think somewhere deep down i kind of thought i would fall into the low 18s and then (laughs) uh i always had this dream you know when i go to leadville i'm gonna win leadville and it was just like this weird dream that grew over the years of being in ultra running and of having done this for six or seven years now. Um but I just I had a strange year. So I had to kind of I think admittedly readjust like I had this point where I was like I'm never going to run Leadville unless I feel like I could potentially win. You know, Mm -hmm. like that my fitness is peaking, that I'm at this like perfect place in my training, that I'm mentally there. Uh, And I like admittedly just had to reframe that with Leadville this year. I think I knew that I wasn't probably at a place of fitness where I was going to contend with that top spot, but Mm -hmm. I was really hopeful that I could squeeze on the podium. So um, am I disappointed with seventh? Like not at all. I think I'm really, really happy with the result, Um, but you know, the kind of a goal there would have probably been to be on the podium.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now the last time I talked to you, you had just completed Nolan's 14, which in itself is a huge accomplishment and it's something I'm, I'm still in awe of, but uh, I think that you were injured after that. And you had to take a little break from running if I remember right.
2: Yeah, I, well, I found out that I was injured during it. I had had, and even training before I'd had this weird pain in my toe that I thought was nerve pain or at least that's how I'd like explained it to myself and um I did Nolan's not knowing that I had a bone infection in my toe uh-huh. so <laughs> I keep joking to all my friends that I think I'm the only Nolan's 14 finisher that had osteomyelitis while they did it uh I probably shouldn't say that with any sort of pride because had I known I wouldn't have I just wouldn't have done all right right so it's all a little bit ironic because i wouldn't be a Nolan's finisher had i'd like addressed the issue a little bit sooner, but yeah, I found that out after the fact um they had surgery I'd had a couple of screws in my toe that um uh were there from a college basketball injury, and so that was the cause and then there was a surgery, and the toe just took like an annoying amount of time to heal, I guess, Mm -hmm. is the best way that I can put it. I think um, I saw a physical therapist, Dr. Stephen Warfel and Aspen, who really made a massive difference in it too. But uh, I just struggled the beginning of 2021 being able to train at all, um, which was, you know, um, going into a race like Leadville, where you feel like there's some really fast people that show up and mm-hmm. really fit people that show up for a 700 person race. So I, I definitely would have, you know, have loved to have had had a little bit of a different year, <laughs> but I don't know. Everybody probably that came to that start line had their own struggles and hurdles that they had to face as they were training. So by the time I got like a month out, I felt really confident that I could race it, um, with some kind of readjusted goals and, uh, yeah, I told myself I was going to run smart. I'm not sure that I did that, uh, but, but uh, yeah, uh, that was kind of everything leading up, coming out of Nolan's. I, it ended up being a six-month stretch that I wasn't able to run, and I think that was as much as anything just tough mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a girlfriend who was just really strong for me during that period because I was, there was some, you know low moments where you're just a little down that you can't do what you love and it's not even about all these crazy dreams and goals anymore it's just about man i just wish i could run right Um, mental health totally totally (laughs) something that you you love that much and is that big a part of what you what you love doing to be stripped was just a was a challenge for a half a year um you know not to mention just the strangeness of covid and everything that's been going on you know i think all of it was, uh, I just ended up being at a place where by the time I got to the race, I was super grateful. And I, I feel like that term gets overused probably a little bit. Um, But for me, it just is extremely true that by the time I got to the star line, I was just so grateful that training had gone well enough for a few months that I could be there, that the pain wasn't there in my toe. I was just at a very thankful place and i think that's a super good mental place to actually be going into totally. a race yeah um, uh yeah i was just that was kind of the lead up wasn't definitely wasn't like dreamy training or anything like that i would call it like just good enough you know? Sure. yeah um just kind of three, three together a few weeks and months that worked well enough to to be ready for leadville okay um as much as you can be ready for a hundred.
0: Yeah. Right. Which is what maybe 50% or so you're like, "Ah, I'm kind of trained up, but who knows what's going to happen today? You know, just never really know. Um, do you work with a coach or are you kind of, do you
2: work with a coach? I don't, uh, I've, I've been solo now for, um, well, I think well over a year and a half, um, I, I still give a ton of credit to David Roach. I've worked with him for mm-hmm. almost a year and I really did learn a ton from him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a huge, huge aspect to my running progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found, you know, for me personally, it really didn't have anything to do with, with David as much as I just, I, I was better off mentally kind of telling myself what to do and <clears throat> had a little bit more fun with the the freedom that i found in that so Mm. um but i you know i i never remiss to to give david credit i still think you know if anybody was looking for a great coach he's an awesome option and he he definitely taught me a ton Um, but no at this point i am i'm by myself
0: okay Um, do you write up training plans for yourself and are you marking like numbers and dates and things down on, on, on a piece of paper or a calendar and and sort of mapping months out when you're planning for a big race like this, or are you just kind of going by feel so to speak?
2: I'm definitely more on the feel spectrum, but with some, I end up with pretty concrete goals and what I'm trying to accomplish this stretch was unique because I felt like I had to almost stay in a build phase for longer than I wanted to just to kind of come back and I just was really logical mentally for me to add five miles a week and it just kept adding five miles a week and I kind of grew my mileage that way Um, but I didn't write that out I just kind of went based off hey look uh, when I, I think that when I'm really training hard I do try to put so I don't write it out, but I do try to put some pretty concrete goals on my calendar, like a downhill workout where I really thrash my quads, uh, flat workout. I think Leadville's specifically challenging to train for because you have to do everything. You have to run uphill. You have to be able to run fast downhill. You have gotta be able to run flats well. So I, I do try to structure my training so that I'm hitting key workouts, um, workouts being just hard days in my mind with some like more specificity to what I'm doing versus just go out and run 20 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do try to hit those and I would always, I would like to do a workout and then do like a relatively mellow long day after, um, but I never, I've never been one that works well with like a log that I write or mm-hmm. anything like that. I actually find Strava just to be like super useful for mm-hmm. my own collection and kind totally. of like using the general guide as a log. Um, and, but most of the time I just run on feel. I think I heard Courtney DeWalter say that she like really doesn't structure things a lot and goes ton on feel and i could be totally off on that but i just feel like i resonated with that that i especially when i'm training really well it's all coming because i'm just letting it happen mm-hmm. and i'm not I don't feel like i'm having to force runs or crit it out um sometimes i have to start i i notice i have to start giving myself goals because I need an extra push or maybe I'm struggling a little bit mentally in training. So I'll say, okay, I got to hit 90 next week or, or 80 or whatever the number is. And, um, but no, I don't really use like a concrete training plan in advance.
0: For sure. Are you incorporating anything else like cross training or Pilates or yoga or anything crazy like that?
2: (laughs) Um, no, I find, with, so I know this sounds really odd, but with my toe, it's been really hard to incorporate some of the stuff that I would really like to like planking and really like normal things that I think should or could be a part of anybody's running. Um, I also, I feel like, I don't remember where I saw this, but it was some, uh, some runner that was, had done well at UTMB who. So like I just don't have the mental capacity when I'm training well and putting big runs together to like do all this extra right. stuff right totally. and I find myself more in that bucket than I do you know i I think i' I'm looking towards cycling as a way to kind of get some extra stuff in on the side, but the in short no i I really just run yeah um, right now, I love running, I find that my body until this like <laughs> You know, really unique bone infection. It had been really resilient to all the running and done really well. Um uh, other than coaching basketball, where I really jump in with the kids quite a bit, uh, if you can call that a form of cross-training, it does make me pretty sore sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but um I don't have like Pilates or yoga or really any concrete stretching. I'll do some light stretching kind of after runs and try to get myself warmed up before big runs, but, um, nothing that I would call like consistent enough to be worthy of mention.
0: For sure. For sure. You are kind of a bigger guy. You're bigger than your average runner. Um, (laughs) how tall are you and, uh, how much do you weigh if you don't mind saying so?
2: No, that's fine. I'm, I'm six foot three. Um, I like to be at a race weight. I, I haven't honestly, haven't weighed myself in 2021, so I wouldn't have like a concrete number. But I know that from the times I've weighed myself and I'm like race fit, I end up being right around 170 for like what I call race weight, which okay. just means like I'm running a ton and calories are burning quickly. Um, I'm six foot three, so I end up definitely being on the taller side. Uh feel like I'm a little bit of a locomotive out there you know <laughs> not, not, not the highest top end uh yeah. not the lowest end, but a pretty good motor in the middle yeah. uh yeah I think I probably trained closer in the 180s um yeah. as far as weight goes but then I always try to get really tight on my diet and really specific with calories in calories out um not that I count it but I just think when I'm training really hard, and I'm getting close to a race, extra weight isn't helpful. So Mm -hmm. I I do just try to be um, race lean without like, making it a big deal. You know, I think when you start stressing about that, and you're like trying to be skinny, for, for skinny's sake, that's unhealthy. But I, I just think I recognize that doesn't help to have five or 10 extra pounds. If it, you know, if it means cutting out beer two or three weeks out, which is what I try to do, Um, you know, simple little thing on your diet, maybe a month out from the race can probably make a big difference on just shedding a few pounds. And so, yeah, I do that kind of thing, but I don't really, I don't try to freak out about it. Um, My girlfriend will tell you that I eat very well when I'm training. (laughs) Almost maybe a little bit too much sometimes, but (laughs) no, I, I just like I'm a big guy. I can eat, and when I'm training hard, I just I typically just let the calories come down and let the weight fall where it may.
0: Okay, okay. Um, and you just moved over the last like maybe year or so. Are you in Crested Butte now, or where are you at?
2: You got it. Yeah, (laughs) no, we moved from Denver to Crested Butte. Um. Hmm. Yeah, we just closed on our little condo here. Oh um, nice. Really excited. Cool. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, we, we want to make this like home home. So nice. thank you. Um we're we're really like super excited and just feel like one of the big reasons we moved here, besides just the trails being incredible, was to we'd heard there was a tight knit community and we felt very much embraced by that. And mm. um our super pr- proud crested buttons are I don't even know if that's how you say it. That's how <laughs> fresh I am. But <laughs> yeah, we love it here. Cool. We're really, really excited.
0: Yeah. No, it's a beautiful place. Um, do you ski or anything like that? I can't remember. Do you do any winter sports?
2: Yeah, I do. I do both. I I feel like I'm a really light, novice backcountry skier huh. and a pretty advanced, like, resorts. I, I mostly have skied resorts my whole life. And then over the last few years, started getting into backcountry but admittedly I don't think I've done that much that I always feel like a fraud saying I backcountry ski (laughs) I've done it a handful of times every winter but like never so consistently that um uh, one of the reasons we were excited to move here was that there is the resort so um you know that's just an awesome little thing to have in our backyard and our to my right right here are the (laughs) A balcony looks at the ski resort and we're just like really excited for winter because I I've skied my whole life and well I'm I'm definitely not like some expert skier I you know I love it enough to be really excited for winter and um I plan to pick up uh skate skiing huh. which is really popular here. Yeah it is a ton of groomed trails and just seems like a really great way to kind of cross train during the winter and not have to Beat my legs up so much. Do something else for the lungs. So, yeah, I can't say that I'm like more excited for winter than summer. <laughs> Summer's still where it's at for me. Right. But uh, yeah, we we do ski and uh, we enjoy the winter as much as we can. Nice.
0: Um, do you feel like skiing gives you like another gear? Like most of the guys that I know they're skiing all winter long, you know, I feel like their engine just runs a little bit higher or they can just get to that next gear. Have you noticed that at all with you personally?
2: I, I think until this last winter, when I was injured, uh, I really was finding winters to be, cause I, I do some of the uphill skiing and I do think it helps to strengthen your legs and give you a really great endurance base, build your lungs but I spend way more time um, training on a treadmill and doing really like kind of challenging stuff mentally on a treadmill. Uh, than, and I don't love it. I don't, I don't love the treadmill, but in the winter, I feel like it's like this time where I can make progress that I just won't in the same way necessarily in the summer. Cause I just use a treadmill differently. So well, to your question, um, I don't really feel like I ski ha- or have skied enough over the last few winters to have it have like a big impact on my running. I've actually just done a ton of running in the winters. So I didn't really take like an off season or, um, <clears throat> I I'm pretty good about taking, you know, rest after races and giving myself enough time, but I, I, I didn't really give myself like a full off season or anything like that over the last few years. And um, I think I was so focused on running that it was starting to take away from actually getting to ski as much mm-hmm. as I was normally doing before. Uh, I think it's, it's so different, but it is such an awesome way to build strength and endurance mm-hmm. in your legs. Mm-hmm. Like skiing just taxes you a lot I could be fit and then go skiing and be like man I I need to ski a few more times <laughs> My legs are like not ready for that uh, which I think there's probably like a lot of little smaller muscles and little things that are going on when you're skiing very different um, uh, I try to be a little bit careful I've had some times where I've ran a lot and then I've skied a lot and I've found that just for me it was a little bit taxing on my it band um one time i started developing like an achilles issue when i was doing a lot of uphill skiing so i've tried to just be really balanced in a way that Mm -hmm. i'm not like feeling like i'm driving myself to to an injury um because i don't know what it is but maybe it's because i'm a bigger guy and just all the different motions I, I find I do a little bit better when I just focus on one thing and I'm not trying to incorporate too many different motions at once.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You seem like a balanced guy, pretty much like all around. Um, <laughs> do you feel like you're a pre- pretty grounded person? And um I think you mentioned that uh, you teach kids basketball. So, like, what do you do for a living? And um I know that's probably a few different questions thrown into one. <laughs> no, but... <laughs>
2: As I grounded, I feel like everybody wants to answer that with a yes, you know, <laughs> who want to say no. I, I think, yeah, I think I'm really fortunate to have had great parents um, that, you know, I think raised me really well. I think I have a, a girlfriend who's just um, not just good to me, but supports me in a way that that's been incredibly impactful. Um, I... I don't know. I I like to think I'm, am I grounded? Uh, yeah, but I also have these like really big running ambitions. So I feel like sometimes when you're trying to be confident and you're trying to have self-belief and you're trying to like attack things that maybe some of your friends think if you said that out loud, it's a little crazy. Like you're going to win lead role. Like you're, you know, so that's not exactly grounded. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think there's I just think I believe in going after your dreams and going after your goals. And um, I, I know that especially in running, it's not really about talent. In my opinion, it's like way more about hard work over time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grounded from that perspective that I'm super lucky with the life I'm getting to live, that I'm, I'm super fortunate uh, in the life my parents are, have been able to to help me set up so to speak, by, I think, giving me a great foundation. Um, and then, you know, I've got like the three best dogs in the world. So <laughs> I think all those things make it easy. I do coach, uh, high school basketball. I'm, um, like super, super hopeful that I might be, um, uh, like the head coach next year. Oh, nice. Just apply. I probably shouldn't even like bring it up, but, um, <laughs> I was the assistant coach, and I I just, like, I've found very little. Uh, I love ultra running, I, and I genuinely love running, but I don't think I find it nearly as fulfilling as I do coaching high school kids. And um, <clears throat> I play college basketball, so it's kind of like a, a, a passion from the past for sure, but I've found the enjoyment and satisfaction just from a purely selfish level uh, with high school kids just – there's nothing else in life that I've, you know, enjoyed in that capacity. Um, And that, you know, that feels like just being able to have found what you're meant to do too. Like I don't, when I'm coaching, I don't really feel like I'm having to like try to connect with the kids. It just feels like we resonate with one another. And, um, and then I just really love every element of coaching. So Mm -hmm. Uh, that part has, and it also makes you feel grounded because you're just constantly learning. There's Mm -hmm. always like, man, I tripped over my tongue on trying to explain that drill right there. (laughs) I could like do that a lot better next time. And I really wasn't getting through what I was trying to say to that one kid. So there's definitely tons and tons of learning that's happening there that keeps you very, and I can assure you this, high school kids will keep you humble. Uh, (laughs) Especially when you have a receding hairline <laughs> like I do. High school <laughs> kids know how to keep you humble. Uh, and it's fun. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I, I would love to coach for the rest of my life if I, I get the choice. Um, awesome. So, yeah. <clears throat> Not sure if I answered every question. In well, this.
0: yeah. No, no, no. You did. Um, do your high school students know about uh, what you did at Leadville?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I I get to do some like little private workouts. So I got to talk to a few of them. And they all just like, it's been really fun to get to hear them, you know, just giving me compliments and tell them tell me how great they think it was. I and just wonder what the uh, hell you're doing out there. Indie- yeah i know like i, I picture myself
0: nuts. as a high school student <laughs> if someone had told me that they ran a hundred mile race i'd just be like you're crazy i i, I don't want to talk
2: to you <laughs> and i get I get a lot of that um <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i think to to most people that don't run 100 miles it sounds a little bit crazy and i think yeah. before i did it it sounded a little bit crazy totally. um yeah they they know uh I'm not shy about telling the kids when I'm running a hundred miles. Yeah. I I don't mind letting them know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'm sure they're proud of you, man. That's, that's, that's cool. You got to let them know what time it is.
2: (laughs) Going for a little run (laughs) this
0: weekend, just going to bust out an easy hundred.
2: I'm going to be a little slower next week when we're doing our little lesson. So, but yeah, no, I think, They're proud of me. At least the few that I've talked to have been really nice about it. So
0: killer. Well, I want to hear about Leadville for sure. So like, when did you know that you were in for Leadville and did your training, did you adjust your training or anything when, when you knew you were signed up for this thing or how did it all start?
2: Yeah, I knew, I knew I was in. I'd gotten in just through the basic lottery. I, I'd originally raced in through the marathon and gotten like a little gold coin. Um, but that um through the pandemic, somehow I don't I think I missed like the cutoff date to tell them when or uh, what I wanted to do. So I just like reapplied through the lottery, got in. And I kind of had it It was like this target where I thought to myself, because I was starting to jog again. It was a little bit painful, but I was starting to notice progress. And I just kept telling myself, stay within striking distance, you know, and I wasn't doing anything special in training. It was just like, try to get 40 miles this week, try to do that again next week and um, try to build on that. And I just slowly, I think, was really fortunate to to be able to build week by week by week. And then uh, I think two months out, I I didn't think I was going to run. I I didn't think I had built well enough to be able to, like, go race well. And um, then over the next few weeks, training just went, like, <clears throat> about as perfect as it can. I just didn't have any... I didn't have many bad runs. I felt like my, my long runs went really well. Even if I felt like at the end of every single one of them, how am I going to go a hundred miles? Like, I don't don't know if you're like that at all. Oh God. I've
0: been there, man. For sure. Yeah.
2: (laughs) You're even finishing fairly strong, but you're just like, man, I just did 38 and 62 more sounds like mind blowing. Right. So (laughs) I never surpassed that place in my training that's for sure <laughs> but but things were going pretty well and like well enough in that last eight nine week period that I just started dialing up my training trying to fine-tune and do some workout stuff um, and just get the mileage in I always still was I didn't feel fit enough to be really as precise as I wanted to be with my training. I'm not sure if that makes any sense. It but, totally does. Yep. Um, you know, sometimes it feels like you're more just trying to get the training in versus like be able to be at that point of summer fitness where you're like, Oh, now I'm like dialing buttons and trying to target specific things. And um, yeah, I think, I I didn't really, I just knew that there's a lot of different things Leadville asks of you as a runner. You have to be able to run every single type of terrain. And uh, Crested Butte is just an absolutely perfect place to be Mm -hmm. trying to do that. It has everything you could ask for from mellow rolling hill trails to steep stuff to downhill miles. It, it, It was just really easy to get the training in. And you know, it was my first summer living here. So I was like a kid in a candy store just exploring trails, you know. And nice. I think I I think I was proud of myself during training. If there's one thing I'm like mm, pat on the back. I, I was I was proud of myself for just enjoying like truly enjoying the process uh of discovering new trails, discovering a completely new area to me. And I was loving it. And I think that made training easy um it made me cover like catch up more quickly i think and be able to kind of get to a pretty good place of fitness uh and then i just said yeah you know what maybe i'm not quite where i wish i was and i'm not saying any of this stuff to like try to make an excuse about a a result or or at least i'm hoping i'm not doing that but (laughs) i'm just you know trying to be objective about yeah Like I had to recognize that I wasn't quite where I wanted to be, but that I was at a really strong place. And um, yeah, I I really was. Any of those guys, like you know Tyler or Cody, and if if they have a day, and um, you know Adrian really seemed like he did, and even Anton and Matt, they all just had incredibly strong runs. And I think I know that some of those guys on their best day, it's it's going to be tough for me to to. To beat them, you know, I think I have to um, be either at my perfect level of fitness or <clears throat> kind of hope for a little bit more. I was amazed at how little attrition there actually was towards the mm. front, considering yeah. how fast people went out. <laughs> um, I think it was a cool day. Uh, it was a really good day to run a little bit faster. I'd know I got sucked into a pace early that was um, a little faster than I probably would have hoped. Uh, and yet you know you said this earlier it's like you don't know in 100 miles you just never know uh, as far as how your legs are going to play out over the first 60 or the last 40 you know sometimes I feel amazing in the last 40 I've had those races but um, it's it's really tough to know kind of like what's what's too fast what's too slow here and I think early on if I could have some of those miles back uh, I was telling a friend this, it's not even like that I went out <clears throat> too fast at my overall pace. My Overall pace was like right where I wanted it to be. But there were a few miles in there, where like I ran downhill just like a little idiotically, mm. you know, like just mm-hmm. too fast. And it's it's not necessarily that I ran too fast for the whole first 23 miles, let's say it was actually more like Six miles in there that I think I would love to have back, hmm. um, and do like a minute a minute per mile slower, and then kind of see where my legs would be. But that's really easy to say, too. You know, uh, <laughs> you never really know in these hundreds. Like, um, I had a goal to kind of try to squeeze every drop I could out of my fitness, and uh, I think I was able to do that, and just kind yeah. of, yeah, that yeah. was kind of the lead up or whatever.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, walk me through the race. Like you said that, um, there's a few miles in there where you're going too fast in the beginning, but, um, what did it look like? Were you caught up in the hype? I mean, I know how it is when you come into these races and you're rested and you're tapered and you're feeling good. And then the adrenaline kicks in and it's like, okay, I, I don't want to blow myself up here, but I'm going too fast. But, um, you know, just, yeah. Tell me about the day, man. I want to hear about everything
2: yeah well Leadville starts around Turquoise Lake it's like it's night so you don't get to see the beauty of it all but I've ran that in the day and it's just a it's a really cool start I actually think Um, I started out I was looking at my watch and I'm like in the low six minute miles and I instantly just like put the brakes on and (laughs) try to run back and then I remember talking to Adam Kimball for like two seconds, and then he put the brakes on me and dropped way back. And I was, I thought I was in like an okay place pace wise. Anton passed me going up Sugarloaf. And Anton, for me, was like one of the biggest influences, mm-hmm. if I can like cite one person of sure. just inspiration. And right around the same time when I was coming into the sport, he was just like, a mega mega influence on me so I ended up running with him for a while and Mm. by a while not very long at all (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but I was coming off Sugarloaf and those were some of the miles I wish I had back because I actually gained on Anton and I knew that that was a mistake and a problem I just I don't know why I just decided to run that downhill really hard Um, I came into Twin Lakes at 37 feeling really good that's outbound and then you have the climb up hope Pass and back up over hope again and I was feeling great Uh, I hiked like the whole thing but really efficiently I felt like and moved great going up hope I was eating everything and that's not normal for me. I usually have a hard time eating and these things and like just have to like force it. But everything was just going down really easy. Food was flowing. So I felt good. And then I got close to Winfield and I just started tripping with my feet. Uh, I fell like twice going into Winfield. And in not, uh, you know, I mean, some falls are like, not, they're not all created equal, but these were really like felt like stupid falls. I think part of it was, my legs are tired, you're getting close to the halfway point at 50 miles. So there's definitely some like got to pick your feet up. But there were even times I was focused and I couldn't quite figure out why because I ended up falling again twice in the same stretch coming out of Winfield. And Then thank goodness, I started to have to hike and I didn't fall while I was hiking uh, to get back over the pass. And then running down that I fell twice more. And at the last one, like my my bottle cap popped off, and I'm like looking at the water and like squeeze it to squeeze all the water out, which is not smart because I could have at least like drank the last bit <laughs> in my stupidity. I just like squeeze it all out, and I I remember just like like getting on the ground and being like get up in like a really low demon voice. I just was like get up. I remember my dad popped in my head. I have no idea why. Um, but I just like thought of him and I got up and tried to tell myself that all the little spots from the falls weren't hurting. And I think other guys fall too, you know. I I I don't know that it materially impacted my race in the end. Yeah. Um, other than maybe mentally over those sections being a little frustrating that mm-hmm. I fell so much. Mm-hmm. Um I think at that so I came from like 20th at Sugarloaf probably to like seventh, ninth at this point. I think wow. I was like squeaking into the top ten right there. Okay. It's tough. You have a lot of people, you had a lot of people coming at you. And it's funny because they're like you could have four people in a row tell you different numbers of where you're at. And you have to like pass it. And they're like, you're in ninth, you're in thirteenth, you're in sixth. And you're like, wow, maybe I do I average these. <laughs> like, you know, like, probably close to where they're saying I am uh came into Twin Lakes I still felt really good like my legs were still working and operational and then I I'd say like 70 in it just started to get hard to run normal I was still able to kind of keep a shuffle going but for what I feel like I'm used to at the end of hundreds I wasn't running like I Kind of even downhill, I I feel like late in races I can normally really thunder and keep a pretty good pace, just even with thrashed legs. But this was a little different. <laughs> I think it came back to some of those earlier miles where I had gone mm-hmm. a little bit too hard on some downhills, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 who knows who knows? Maybe that's just kind of how I was going to feel towards that stage of the race. And sometimes that's the case, but I think I was really paying for um, going out a little bit too hard early. Um, And then I was with Devin Olson at this point, he was my pacer and Devin's just, he's just done so many of these. He does them at such an elite level and he knows me really, really well. We've done this before for one another and just tons of races and, I was excited that he was going 38 miles with me because I I just knew he knew me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it turned out to be super true. Uh, I, I feel like normally I'm better alone. I'm actually not great with a pacer. It's almost like it lets it's, it's weird. It's like, I, I'm like feeling apologetic to the person if I'm hurting and I kind of like, it gets in my head and I almost feel like sometimes it doesn't help. But with Devin, he just knows, Exactly how to push me, exactly how to keep me going. It was great about reminding me with food, and I, um, I do really credit him. Like that last thirty miles, I don't think I move as well as I did without him. Kind of like not accepting walking and just being like we're running. Like in, um, not that I ran every step, but really especially coming home because our bound is about I think seventy three or seventy seven. Um, and I, I definitely, that was kind of the lowest point in the race for me where it was getting hard to run. Um, and Devin would just be like, Hey, let's walk out of the eighth station, get your legs warmed up. But then as soon as we get to that spot up there, we're going to run, uh, and we're just going to see how your legs feel. And sure enough, my legs would feel a little better and I'd be able to run a good clip uh power line felt really long uh coming back up over <laughs> i'm sure that probably feels true for everyone oh, yeah at that point in the race totally you've done you've done that bill yeah. i believe i have yeah, yeah. yeah. so you, you know that pain oh
0: uh, dude yeah i know that pain of <laughs> just looking up and seeing headl- headlamps like a mile and a half up there and you're just like how in the world dude like my legs are just destroyed
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I really was like looking behind me a lot because it was still a day at that point for me. And you can, okay. you can. It just feels like you're walking into a movie set, you know, where like the the background never changes, and you're like hiking up at power line. You're like, well, is that the top, man? This is like never the top." Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. So I I got through it. I felt like I moved fine up that. It was almost nice to get a break from having to run because my legs were pretty beat. Uh, And then I was, I remember being just super nervous for the next few sections because there were a ton of trail sections and I had been falling so much that, I mean, I stopped falling after those six falls. I hadn't fallen since really, other than a couple of toe stubs. But it was in my head for sure that I was like, I am going to fall so hard around Turquoise Lake and I'm tripping over my feet. And there's no, I just was like starting to get nervous for that. And it turned out to not be bad at all. And I really, I was really happy with the way the final miles went because I was super nervous that they would be even slower than they were. Mm -hmm. And then... So coming out of May Queen, last 13 miles, I ran, which I was, I did not anticipate my legs allowing me to do. I ran the whole section around the lake, which was probably one of my favorite parts of the race, because I just got a good groove going again. And then there was this full moon flashing over Turquoise mm. Lake. And it was, it just was such a sweet way to finish. It felt yeah. like a painting. Nice. Yes, yeah, it was It was all about, you know, I think you get this. I think anybody that that runs Ultras gets it, that that's like what it's about. Those moments where it just feels surreal and you're really proud of what you're doing, but you're also like just in this really special moment. And um, that whole part was really, really fun for me. And then at the end, I started to see a headlamp and that was Adam Kimball. And that meant that I had to like, Border, I would call it for a hundred miler, a sprint at the end of mm. the last miles, but for anything else, it was like barely jogging, but like
0: sprinting really nine minute miles.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we saw like eight, eight, 11 was the pace that I did okay. for my last, mile, we nice. thought, um, and that was all thanks to Devin there too because he just ended up saying, "Hey, you need to push. You're not getting past." Nice. <laughs> just kind of like I did my best to make it feel like I was running really fast. Yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> um, and this is your first Leadville.
2: Yeah, it is. Wow. I can now. I'm officially an ultra runner.
0: Oh come on! You've done hundreds <laughs> before.
2: <laughs> I know. I just I kid because the question's always like, "Oh, you run ultras?" Well, have you done Letville? Yeah, so
0: that's
2: I just, true. Kidding that I can now officially answer that with a yes. <laughs> I have <I> ran.
0: <laughs> um, so I just did some quick research here, and, and you ran it looks like forty five minutes faster than your last Run Rabbit Run, which was two years ago. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the elevation difference. Do you feel like you're in, in a better fitness, better physical conditioning this year, or what would you attribute Mm -hmm. that
2: to? I think, I think Leadville lends itself to a little bit of a faster race. I think the new run rabbit course, um, while really beautiful, I really like a lot of the changes that they've made tons of trail there there are a lot of the downhills are switchbacks so it's tougher Mm -hmm. to get like rumbling the way that you kind of can at leadville okay so it's not even which one's harder because i'm way more destroyed after leadville than any that i've done i'm I'm more wrecked now than i I was after nolan's which is wow a a really big surprise but i'm just more sore um and i just attribute that to the Runability of the course being so fast. I don't think it's easier necessarily. It's just, there's less kind of switch backing, even when there is a downhill. Uh, I don't know if I could say, I thought that I was going to say Leadville's easier than Run Rabbit, but I actually found them to be incredibly comparable hmm. as far as difficulty. I don't think that I'm fitter than I was then. I think I was actually a little bit more fit when I ran run rabbit. Um, shockingly, I had a fall in that race. <laughs>
0: <seems to> be- <laughs> I'm sensing a trend here.
2: <laughs> uh, and I was struggling just with some IT band stuff. So I feel like I lost some time in that race where I, I kind of think I could run the same time at both courses. And maybe that's like a super naive view, but I feel like they're really comparable. Um, I think I could do Leadville better uh too. I think I could come a little bit more fit. I think I could be at a place where I've been able to train to the course a little bit more specifically versus just like getting miles in. um but I also felt like I had something to give the run rabbit course, you know i and uh so on on both fronts uh i I felt like there was potential to do it better, and the, all that said. I have so many races out there that are, you know, there's just a ton of hundreds, and uh, I, I'm really excited to explore a lot more of them. You know, yeah. I, uh, I don't see myself returning to like the same one over and over. Mm. At least not, not a lot. Um, just because there are so many cool ones out there.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um, well, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, are you going to come back to Leadville? Do you feel like you can better your time? But I mean, you just kind of mentioned, you kind of want to get out there and and do some other races. Like, um, what is on your mind for the future? Are you looking at trying to get into Western States? Are you looking at any other races?
2: I think, I think Western is one that is actually been acutely on my mind. I think it really suits some of my strengths as a runner. Mm. Um, and one that I could probably, I don't know. I just, would love to test my metal there too you know yeah. it's like the the best of the best show up there and if nothing else it's just really fun to get challenged and pushed by by the best racer i think that that's what was so fun about leadville too is there's just so many strong runners in that field that you feel like it's like man if i slow down somebody's gonna catch me and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, definitely would love to run western uh I absolutely will be back to Leadville someday. I think as as soon as possible. I, I just know that I'm fairly committed mentally to UTMB next year. Oh. Um, I had deferred from the COVID year, which was the plan during that year. It was UTMB. Uh, you know, that's another one of those things where just obviously being able to do it uh, would be incredibly fun. It's going on right now. So yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One of my good friends Jay is running it. Go Luke. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to run that race. I think that's what I'm looking forward to in 2022. Awesome. But, um, I see myself just trying to throw my hat in a lot more races and just trying to go, you know, went from Nolan's to Leadville and I feel like, um, I'd love to just test how versatile I really am as a runner and start um, racing against awesome competition. And I think as much as anything, and I speak for everyone in the trail community, when I say this, I'm just excited to have racing back. I mean, I I could feel that energy at aid stations during Leadville, you know, like coming through, I was just like this kid with a smile on my face. (laughs) i can't believe people are cheering for me uh, i really like i could feel i think people's excitement just to be back yeah. at races yeah and um i'm just really excited to get my my name in more race hats and whether they're competitive or not just kind of a pump to get back out on the race scene and um kind of fall in love with everything that i've fell in love with in the first place about the ultra community. And um, you know, that, that word at the end being pretty critical that it's about the community and how much fun we all have together. And I've, I know I've missed that and um, man, you know, as, as much as I had some big dreams to be on that podium at Leadville, it was just so refreshing, energizing and invigorating to feel all that energy and excitement around the race. And, you know, Uh, just having all that kind of coming back at you. I I was really fun to be back out there. (laughs) Totally,
0: yeah. Uh, The energy did seem just like a little bit higher this year. Like everybody was just that much more excited to be back. And uh, God, I must have just missed you at almost every aid station, you know? But yeah, Twin Lakes was just on fire. And I sat at the finish line for a good hour, hour and a half. And it was just insane, man. Like it was just crazy this year.
2: Yeah, I just Uh I was laughing, running through stations, literally just laughing. Like I would repeat things like, "This is so cool!" (laughs) (laughs) cool. Uh, I've I've never ran in a race like that where the aid stations were that explosive. I think just the way that Leadville set up from the aid stations and where the crews end up being. even in a year where I think people probably brought less folks than they usually do to crew mm-hmm. because of some of the COVID stuff. Um, I, I still felt like there was just a palpable feel and energy to every one of those spots. And I've, I've just never experienced that before. Yeah. So I'm excited for UTMB where there's a ton of that too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's definitely one of the reasons why I see myself coming back to Leadville. is just, I had, such a special experience from the way that I felt like the community at each aid station in the Leadville community embraced me as a runner, as I was going through, it was just awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I n- undoubtedly will be back to experience that. again. Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: Hell yeah. I love it. Well, fantastic performance, man. I mean, what you did out there is really impressive. And uh, when I, when I saw that you, you know, I knew you had made the top 10, but when I saw it was seventh place, I'm like, good God, Hannes, like you you crushed it, man. And and uh you're one of the good ones, man. So it made me smile, it made me happy. So um I was definitely pumped for you. And uh yeah, man, just can't wait to see what's in your future. I, I can't wait to see what happens at UTMB. And uh I'm in your corner, man. I'm cheering for you. So just I keep keep doing you, man.
2: So I yeah. appreciate that very much. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I really Um, stoke for all your success too, man. Your, your uh, podcast is doing great. So always fun to come on. Uh, I'll come on anytime you ask me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks brother. Well, just keep doing what you're doing and, uh, yeah, stay in touch. I'll talk to you soon, man.
2: Cool, man. Take care. Thanks, Hannes. All right. See ya. See ya.
0: All right. There it is. You guys give it up for this year's seventh place finisher. At the Lead Bill 100. Yeah. Yeah, Hannes. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. I had a lot of fun. Follow us for exclusive content by following patreon.com slash do big things. By following us on Patreon, you will get to see the B-sides. You'll also have a chance to know who's coming on the show so you can ask them questions yourself. You want to be a part of the tribe? This is it. Follow us there for exclusive content. We want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the U.S. Their stuff is fantastic at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. If you're into anything outdoors, you got to check their stuff out. Their shorts, socks, shirts, and hats have been through the most challenging races in the world. They stand behind their products with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you wear it and you're not convinced, you can send it back for a full refund. So you have nothing to lose. Check them out. Exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for big things crewing. That is a 15% promo for you guys. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around, and he's helping them find even more success. Will is a certified nutritionist, and he knows what's up when it comes to diet. You want to take your game to the next level? Contact On Pace Wellness. Or maybe you're not an elite athlete, and you just want to feel better, a little bit healthier on the day-to-day. Maybe you just need a little guidance. On Pace Wellness is there for you. Mention this podcast, and he's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up. Last but not least, this podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest N.A. craft beer on the market. You can have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects. You can have one in the middle of the day and not worry about driving. You can have a couple at night and not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. There is no hangover with this stuff because there is no alcohol. Check out athleticbrewing.com and use my discount code uh, McRoberts A20, all caps for 20% off the best non-alcoholic beer around. Buy two six packs or more, and you don't have to worry about shipping costs. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Remember, you guys, life is short.
1: Do, Do big, big things. things, baby.
0: Pedro. Pedro, my heart goes out to you. If you're listening to this, I know that you just went through some tragedy. So my heart goes out to you, buddy. Pedro, take us for a run.